Hi. Today we're going to continue looking at the subject of God's precious gifts that uh, Jesus spoke about when he said, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit or, or give good gifts to them that ask? And my desire and motivation is to help you to have much more to praise God for, things that we sometimes don't think about praising God and glorifying Him in all that He's provided for us, in and through Christ Jesus our Lord, but also to make you a better and a more effective uh, child of God, servant of God, son of God, daughter of God, whatever the case may be. And we're going to look at the word today, the little word portion, uh, found throughout Scripture. We'll have a look at some of those references, and I'll give you some Scriptures that we can't read together. But once again, I'm asking you, would you do you, do yourself a favor and read the Scriptures that I give you? Because I keep on saying God's Word is able to do more for you than any preacher uh, and their comments on some of these things, even though we do seek to uh, to uh, find the heart of God and speak under the anointing by the inspiration and revelation and the direction of God. So read these scriptures for yourself. But we're going to start by looking at Isaiah 73, and then we're going to go to, uh, I mean, Psalm 73, and then we're going to go to Psalm 16. But in Psalm 73, and I'm going to pick up in the 23rd verse, if you'll read with me, it says, Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterwards you will take me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has no, nothing I desire beside you. That's such an important and key phrase. And earth has nothing I desire, desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, and listen to this, and my portion forever. Those who are far, are far from you will perish and destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near you, God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. As we go on with the study, I want to ask you to go back and read that scripture again, that whole portion, and you'll see what I, why it's so important in making Christ everything, understanding that God is our portion. Now we'll go, if you don't mind, if you'll turn to Psalm 16, and we'll read from verse 5, the 16th verse, and then uh, Psalm 16, picking up in verse 5, sorry. It says here, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Again, when we've gone through the study, 
Go back and have a look at that and what that really means. You'll see it in the context of what I'm trying to say. The Lord is our portion. I want to speak first of all for the first little part of this message about God being our portion. And then I want to move on to the double portion that's mentioned in the Word of God. In the Bible, a portion normally uh, refers to a share or an inheritance. When it says that God is our portion, it carries with it the thought that God is our share, our inheritance. In other words, God will be everything we will ever need and more than that. God will be everything we will ever need and more than that. Now, I believe that you know that intellectually. I know that intellectually. But I believe that most of us don't know that experientially to the degree that God wants it to be true for us. And God wants to increase that experientially in our hearts. That is what God desires all of us to desire and to be content with. Remember in Philippians chapter 4 verses 11 through to 13, Paul says, I've learned whatever state to be in that I find myself in therewith to be content, to be rich, to be poor, whatever the case may be. Paul has found a place of contentment where none of those things are the big issue anymore. And in Numbers chapter 18, verse 20, if you were to read it for yourself, we won't read it. We'll just read a, a little part of that. God said, allots the inheritance to all the different tribes. Or so when it comes to the Levites, the priestly tribe, and remember today in the New Testament context, you and I are priests. All believers are priests. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. So God says to the priests, the Levites, in uh, Numbers 18, verse 20, he says this, You will have no inheritance in the land, nor will you have any share among them. I am your share and your inheritance, your portion. You can read that again in Numbers chapter 18, verses 20 to 31, and again in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 8 and 9. God will be everything they would ever need and take total care of them. Everything would be provided for them. Read it for yourself in those Numbers 18 and Deuteronomy 10, etc. Everything they would ever need, God would take care of. When the, the psalmist says in Psalm 119, verse 57, You are my portion, O Lord. He was really saying that God is the basis of his existence and everything he would ever need. All he really wanted in life that he, God himself, is the source and the center of his life, and he would just keep following and obeying God. That's where God wants to bring you and I, all of us, into that place, all of his children, to find churches full of people who are content with God and God alone. And when we're content with God alone, we're not hankering after, striving for, even sometimes fighting for recognition, promotion, position, riches, fame, whatever the case may be, when God is our all. So God wants to be our portion and God wants us to get to the place where every one of us, every son and daughter of God, gets to that place and says, God, you're enough. I remember when, we, when I came to Christ in 1960, um, in the 60s, uh, how we used to often sing a song, 
about Jesus. You're all I need. You're all I need. Jesus, you're all I need. I take you now. I take you now for all that I need. We sang it, but not all of us lived in it. And I have to be honest and say today, I'm still learning more and more what that truly means. It's an ongoing forever commitment to see that in Christ and in God, everything we need is in Him. And if we've got Him in the right place at the, forever in our hearts, He will be everything we will ever need. So God, this is such an important statement. Please listen to me. God has designed all of us, every human being on the earth, so that nothing but He Himself would satisfy us. Nothing but Him. I've had to counsel people over and over and going, you can go after this, you can go after that, you can even go after ministry and promotion and be the lead or visionary elder, you can have a huge church, but until you get to where what God has designed you to be, where nothing but Him will satisfy you until you really get there. It's not just, well, I'll receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but getting to that place where we understand unreservedly that nothing but Christ will ever be able to satisfy. He is what satisfies, and He alone. So, in Christ, just to carry on with the study, in Christ... We are heirs of the Father, and we are joint heirs with the Son, Jesus. Now that word heirs and the word joint heirs carry such deep meaning. Let me just cover the word heirs first of all, H-E-I-R-S, heirs. The Greek word means a receiver of an inheritance. It's the word klerinomia. It, it's a receiver of, of an inheritance or a beneficiary. In other words, we receive our share. So to be an, uh, uh, um, an heir, there could be six heirs if you've got a rich parents and they both die and they're six siblings and each one's going to get an equal share of the inheritance. That's what it's referring to, my share of an inheritance. Now that in itself is, is amazing that God's saying when Jesus died, you became a sharer in everything that Jesus made available to us. But God wants us to understand it's even deeper than that with the word joint heirs, because the Greek word joint heirs means that we receive not just our share, but everything that Christ received. Everything. We are co-heirs. We're heirs together. Everything that belongs to Jesus Christ Everything belongs to us. It's all part of our inheritance. And that's the only inheritance that really matters. And yet he gives us so much more. 1 Peter chapter 1 in verses 3 and 4, he talks about an inheritance and it says it's undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven. It's an eternal inheritance. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15 talks about an, an eternal inheritance. It's for now, but it's forever. We're going to inherit now and forever. It's the kingdom of God. It's the king and everything that the kingdom is. Matthew chapter 25 verse 34. And it all comes through his word. 
And I want to read this to you. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to, to the book of Acts and the 20th chapter. Acts chapter 20. This is Paul speaking to the, uh, the leaders at, um, of the, uh, just before his departure to be with the Lord. In Acts chapter 20, I'm going to pick up in verse 32. It says this, if you're reading with me. He says, Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you the word, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. Now he goes on to say, he's talking about this inheritance, this portion, that God's everything. And he says, and I, this is what God wants us all to be able to honestly say from today, if this has not been true of our lives up until this point in your life, he, God wants us to be able to say these following words. Verse 33, I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, you must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, and this is so important, it's more blessed to, be, to give than to receive. And when he had said this, he knelt down with them all and he prayed. This is the only inheritance that really matters. I hope you see that, that I'm making it clear. So, when God is our portion, we will lack for nothing. For he is our never-ending supplier of hope. When we say that God is our portion, we're saying God is enough. We are satisfied with Him, and He does, and we're satisfied with Him and all that He does and all that He provides, the gift of Himself. He is our aspiration. He's our treasure. He's our hope. He's our anticipation. He's the deepest desire of our hearts, above all else and everything else. And once again, all of this is connected to His Word. In Psalm 119, verse 57, the psalmist says this, You are my portion, O Lord. I have a promised, I have promised to obey your word. So let me just try and sum this little first part up quickly by saying this. When we say that God is our portion, now I can only read these scriptures to you, uh, the, the references, read them for yourself. When we say that God is our portion, we're saying that God will always be enough and more than enough. He is our one. He's our Redeemer. Read Isaiah 47, verse 4. He's our Redeemer. He's our Father. Psalm 103, verse 13. He's our friend. John 15, 15. He's our provider. Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. He's our protector in John 17 and Psalm 90. Um, he's our comforter. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. He's our advocate. 1 John 2 verse 1, he's our helper, Psalm 54 verse 4, he's our healer, Exodus 15 26, he's our guide slash teacher, Isaiah 30 verse 21, John 14, chapters 14 right through to verse, chapter 17, he's our counselor, Isaiah 9 verse 6, he's our priest, Hebrews 4 14, he's our shepherd, Psalm 23, and so we could go on and on and on, Jesus 
the Father and the Holy Spirit, they are all we will ever need. I want to ask you, be honest with me and with yourself. Can you honestly say that at this point in your life, he's my portion. He's everything I ever wanted. You can make it that right now. Now let's go on quickly to that double portion. In the scriptures, this little phrase, double portion, is used six times. In Deuteronomy chapter 21 and, and the 17th verse, that the, first, the, the firstborn was to inherit a double portion in every Jewish family, the firstborn. In Ezekiel chapter 47, it says Joseph shall have two portions, a double portion. In 2 Kings chapter 2, uh, 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 9, Elisha and Elijah, Elisha says, give me a double portion of that which you carry, the anointing. In Job chapter 42 verse 10, it says that after Job had prayed for his friends, he received uh, double what he had before, a double portion. Isaiah 61 verse 7, uh, I'm going to try and read that to you quickly, if I can just quickly turn to that scripture. Um, Isaiah chapter 6 verse 7, it says this. I'm so tempted to read more than that, but verse 7 says, Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance, their portion. So they will inherit a double portion of their land and everlasting joy will be theirs. You know, it's good to stop and take those scriptures and ponder them and ask God by the Spirit of God to make that real in you, bring you revelation, show you what that really means, how you can walk in more and more and more of that. And then in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12, I wish I could speak more on some of these things, but time doesn't allow us. Verse 12, it says, Return to your fortress, fortress O prisoner of hope, even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. Twice as much. So a double portion. Normally a gift. That's what it is, a gift. The restoring is a gift. It refers to abundant blessing. We touched this about Elisha. Double portion of the anointing. Job, twice as much as, as he had before he, he lost so much. You see, God is the restorer of all that the locusts have eaten. I will repay you. I'll restore all that the, the years that the locusts have eaten. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But it was preceded by these words, the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life, but more than just life, more than a double portion even, life more abundantly. Read Joel chapter 2 verse 25 again for yourself. I will restore, I will repay you for the years that the locusts have eaten. What would that include so that we can try and bring this to a, chain, uh, to a close? It would include include. God says, I'll restore all the lost opportunities, all the lost hope. In Zechariah 9, 12, he says, return to your fortress, those prisoners of hope. I will restore twice as much to you, 
So God says, even though you've lost opportunities, you bypass them, God placed them before you, you somehow you miss them deliberately or, or in ignorance, God says, I'll restore it. Lost opportunities, lost hope. God says, I'll restore failure and shame. You can read for yourself on Isaiah 61 verse 7. Read it for yourself. We read it earlier on. Family and other losses. God will restore what your family's lost. And other losses. Job chapter 42 verse 10. He was in Isaiah 51 verse 12. He talks about he will restore joy. Where you've lost joy. God says, I'm the restorer of joy. I'll restore it to you. I'll restore peace. I'll restore freedom. If you've got yourself back into bondage, uh, you've lived in back in sin, you've denied Christ, you, whatever you lost there, God says, I'll restore freedom, I'll restore joy, I'll restore health. Jeremiah 30 verse 17 says, I will restore to you health and heal your wounds. In, in, in Matthew 11, 28, he promises us rest. God can restore rest. Come to me, all you that uh, uh, labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Strength. Isaiah 40, verse 30, 31 says, Those who hope, whose hope is in the Lord will, will renew their strength. I sometimes have to claim almost on a daily basis, As thy days, so shall thy strength be. Uh, they shall mount up with wings like, on eagle, like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint, etc. And he will even restore fruitfulness. In John 15, that, those first parts of that chapter, fruit, fruit that lasts, much fruit, more fruit, etc. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, he says, And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you've suffered a little while, will restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast even in times of testing god will restore and so the psalmist said in psalm 71 i'm going to read these verses 20 and 21 though you have made me see troubles many and bitter you will restore my life again from the depth of the earth you will again bring me up you will increase my honor and comfort me once again read for yourself deuteronomy chapter 30 Verses 3 through to 13. I was so tempted to read it, but I'm looking up there and I want to try and keep this short. Deuteronomy, it's such an important chapter. 30, Deuteronomy 30 verses 3 to 13. Read it in the Message Bible as well as your, your uh, the version you're using. Psalm 16 verses 5 and 6, it says this, Lord, you've assigned to me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure and my boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places Surely I have a delightful inheritance. We read that right at the beginning. So often I say that to the Lord, really, I've had such an abundant life. You have really made my life, that I've lived in pleasant places. I have a delightful inheritance. And the NIV says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. Remember Acts 3.21. It says that Jesus must remain in heaven and until the time comes for God to restore Everything, as he promised long ago through his prophets. So, in closing, doesn't all of this make you want to just give yourself to him unreservedly? Where you can honestly say, man, he really is my Lord, truly my Lord. It's all possible. 
because he's paid the price. He went all the way. He gave it. He gave his all. The cross. Don't hold out on him. Right now. Bow your head. I'm going to pray for you, but I want you to pray for yourself too. Don't hold out and give him your life totally right now. Serve him and enjoy him and be able to say, you are my portion. Father, I want to thank you that we're in the school of learning, that we have the great and the greatest teacher that earth will ever know, the Holy Spirit, who guides us, leads us, teaches us, instructs us in the way we should go. We thank you we have that. And that in that school of learning, you're bringing us to that place. Help it to be so much more truthful for us today. Everyone that's hearing, listening to this, anywhere in the world, leader or follower, that we can truly say, God is my portion. He's everything I need. Jesus, you're all I need. I take you now. I take you now to be all that I need. Do this for me, for all of us, and continually, ongoingly make that true for us till we look at and look up and see you face to face, either when you take us to be with you or you come back for us to be with you. Thank you that it's an eternal hope of glory. Restore and fulfill all your promises because we make you everything now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just feel this now, even where people have, churches have lost people, where apostolic teams working with churches have lost churches, restore what the locusts have eaten, stolen, for all the people that are listening now, wherever they are, families, children, lost marriages, whatever the case may be, restore as we make you our portion, inheritance, place you in that place of where you belong, because that's what you are. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. God bless you. It's been such a privilege just to share with you, and I hope you love him more as a result of listening to the preaching of the Word of God. And as you read those scriptures for yourself, have a great, great, great future in Him. Bless you.